Thank you, thank you. God, it's been such a sweet service so far, Lord, with the just the, the wonderful music, Lord, and the powerful music of, of Lord, just lifting up you. God, you are so great. And Lord, we, we have so much to be thankful for, and yet, Lord, we take so little time to give thanks. And God, this morning, great is thy faithfulness. And Lord, thank you for being our deliverer. And, and uh, Lord, that uh, the other songs that have been, being sung, been sung this morning, Lord, we thank you. God, you, we have so much to be thankful for, and we worship you this morning. And Lord, we understand that word worship doesn't just mean a song. Worship doesn't have the idea of just singing for the Lord, but it has the mentality of living a life for you. God, I worship you when I give my tithes and my offering. I worship you when I tell other people about you. I worship you when I teach my children and, and raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. God, all of that is worship. I pray, God, we'd have that understanding, that mentality this morning. And Lord, one more time, we want to give thanks for our veterans here today. And Lord, those that can't be here today, Lord, and so many that have given and sacrificed so much of their time and their families. And, and uh, Lord, many of them missing Christmases and birthdays and, and anniversaries and different things along the way. And God, they went and they, and they served and they, and they were willing to give their all, Lord, and give their lives. We thank you that, uh, Lord, you have preserved them till this day. And we want to honor them this morning, Lord, as well. Thank you for men and women that are willing to defend our freedoms. May we give thanks for that today. May we honor them. Lord, we love you. We just ask you to bless now the preaching time. Holy Spirit of God, that this would be your time. That it would not be John Woolard that's seen. It would not be someone else that has seen. Other Lord, that it would be you. Lord Jesus, today is about you. And I pray, God, that you'd help us to think that way, to worship that way, for me to preach that way, God, for us to respond that way. Help us now. We love you and thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Acts chapter 4 is where Brother Williams had us a moment ago. And here the Jewish leaders of the day asking Peter and, and, uh, and John, saying, By what power or by what name have ye done this? Well, what did they do? Well, you understand, many of you know this story, this account of Scripture here. If you go back into chapter 3, at the beginning of Acts chapter 3, Peter and John were headed to the temple. They were walking into the temple there, and it was the hour of prayer. Now, they were not required anymore to go to the temple. Jesus had already died on the cross, had risen from the grave. They understood that Old Testament temple and sacrifices and the priesthood and all of that was a representation of the Lord Jesus to come and what He would do for us. And then when the, when the Lord did come, all of that was not necessary anymore, but the Lord Jesus Christ, they understood all that, but they were tradition uh, of family. They were Jewish culture. They wanted to go to God's house and pray. And that's okay. That's, that's a wonderful thing. They were headed in there, and they see a man by the side here at the, at the gate of the temple, and he's asking for alms. He's, he's, uh, he's a lame man. He's not been able to work and to provide for himself, so he's asking for help. And uh, Peter looks at him and he says, uh, 
Well, I don't have no silver or gold. But what I have is the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, in the name of the Lord Jesus, rise up and walk. Right? And I'm summarizing, of course. It's in chapter 3 there, if you read through it. And the Bible says, he didn't just get up. He got his bed and he started leaping. That's what the Bible said. He was leaping. Wouldn't you, if you were, you were crippled on the ground, couldn't walk, and, and uh, some man come by and said, in the power of Jesus' name, would you rise up and walk? And the Bible says he got strength in his legs, his ankles, and his feet, and he started jumping around and leaping. He was excited about being able to walk. Kind of like when, when you got saved, you got excited about it. Amen? Why? Because it's a difference of life and death. Eternity in heaven versus eternity in hell. Something to get excited about. So this man, he's all jumping around. They, everybody knew they'd walk by him as they're coming into the temple. Here this, this, this lame man, and here he's walking around carrying his bed, jumping and praising God. And, and wow, you can see him. Hey, Peter. I was just trying to wake him up a little bit. You, you sleepy too? Hey Amen. That's John over there. John was like, don't touch me. <laughs> okay? Woo! He was excited. You know what that does? It draws a crowd. It draws a crowd. That's what's happening here in chapter 3. And people are saying, wait a minute. We passed this guy and we were coming in just a little bit ago. And he said, he's walking. And he's jumping and he's excited and he's, he's probably got tears running down his face. And he's screaming and he's hopping and he's jumping all around. And it starts to draw a crowd. In chapter 3, verse 11, it says, And as a lame man, which was healed, held Peter and John. See that? He held him. Just wanted you to see that. Okay. <laughs> all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. All these people started to flood and say, What just happened? How did, how did this happen? And they're all excited. Peter. Now, Peter, here's, he's a fisherman. All right? The Bible says he wasn't well educated. They looked at him they, uh, later on and, and greatly wondering how these men could do such great things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He, wasn't, he, he didn't have his four-year degree here and this ba- bachelor's and this master's and all this. He was a fisherman, but he had been with Jesus. Amen. And he sees an opportunity and all these people start gathering around. And he says, it's preaching time. He says, you're asking me how this, how this happened? He says, don't be amazed. Don't be amazed. This is Jesus Christ we're talking about. The one who came, the Son of God, who came to, to die for the sins of the people, whom ye crucified. He starts pointing at them. Yeah, you all crucified him. You were chanting, crucify him, crucify him. He starts preaching. Man, it's amazing. He says in verse 19 of chapter 3, he says, Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. Amen? He says, you need to get saved. Jesus Christ came to save your soul, save you from your sin and your sin debt that will take you to a real life hell. Eternity without God. The wages of sin is death. That's talking about a spiritual death, an eternal death, away from God. And he says, you need to get saved. need to get saved. And he keeps preaching. Verse 26, at the end of the chapter of chapter 3, he says, unto you first, God, 
uh, unto you first God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. See, the Jews were waiting for the Savior. They were waiting for him. They had been, he'd been prophesied about multiple times in the Old Testament. I, Isaiah is the one we read oftentimes in chapter 7, chapter 9. We read about it in, in Micah, how, how he prophesied where he'd be born and all of that. So many times, David so many times prophesying about the Messiah to come in the Psalms. And, he, and Peter saying, he already came. And you denied him and you crucified him. Well, here's what's amazing. Many people got believed and got saved right then. Praise God. There was a big revival going on at the temple, the Jewish temple. And all these people turn into Jesus Christ. It's awesome. It's wonderful. But all that attention and all that big crowd and all of that brought some other people's eyes on to Peter and John and what was going on and on to the lame man. Some other Jewish folks started looking and, and saying, wait a minute, what's going on here? Look at, look at uh, chapter 4, please, with me, if you would. In chapter 4, verse 1, the Bible says, And as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Now, let me give a little background here. So we've got three people, uh, three groups of people that came uh, to, to, Jay, to Peter and John here. It was the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees. Now the priests, they would have been Le- uh, Levites, but specifically from the, from the family of Aaron, descendants of that. And they would have been uh, at the temple to do their priestly duties around the temple. Okay, That's, that was their purpose there. Okay, they, they handled a lot of those things there around the temple. They were kind of like the pastoral staff, the preacher boys, right? And, uh, and all of that, okay? And then we have the captain of the temple. Now, this guy was unique. This man here would have been of, of one of the families of the chief priests. He would have been a family member. And he would have been given authority at the temple to, to have a small militia to take care of things that came up, okay? Like the church security team. You with me? We have a church security team to keep us safe while we're in here and they have their eyes open and they're watching things. And if there is a, uh, if there's a little turmoil or a little bit of disruption, disruption or whatever, they're going to be on it and they're going to figure out what's going on. That's what the captain of the temple here is. He's a man that has been purposed to be um, in charge of a little a group of people, a, a, a guard, if you will, to keep uh, things peaceful and safe at the temple. Now, he was given a lot of authority, outranked by only one, and that being the high priest. And so he was there because there's a big crowd and, and there's a lot of excitement. He's trying to check it out, see what's going on. Remember, uh, they're, they're outside of the porch here, and the temple was not just one building. It was a, it was a whole big ground of, uh, of a courtyard and a porch and, and, a, and a building, and then the Holy of Holies on the inside. It was, it was not just one little building. Right? And then we have the Sadducees. The Sadducees. Now, now, they were a specific sect of the Jews that, were, that had really become prominent in this day. If the Pharisees, you'll see during Jesus' day, the Pharisees were the ones that were leading the rejection of Christ when Jesus was on earth. 
But now he's ascended to heaven. And now we're in the book of Acts and we see more so the Sadducees taking the lead. The Sadducees, they were, they were wealthy. They were often in high-ranking positions. And, uh, and they were very influential. Very influential. The problem is, is that the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. They were off a little bit on their doctrine and they didn't believe in all that. Okay? So they, they had a hard time with Lazarus. They had a hard time with Jesus Christ and, the, and, the, and what people were preaching with that. And, uh, and you see in verse 2, they, it says here, and, and uh, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. They struggled with that. Now how you remember that is the Sadducees, they, were, they didn't believe in the resurrection, so they were sad, you see. Right? So that's how you, that's how you remember that. That's how that works. Okay, so you put it all together, all right? So, that's what's going on here. But, but with verse 2, understand this. Listen here. Let's, let's break away from here just for a second. Make application. If somebody is having problem, a problem with you teaching the Bible, that is a problem in itself. There have been religions and, and, and denominations and things in the past where they say, well, the common people can't understand the scripture, so you've got to be taught by a so-and-so. That's not of God. Now, we understand there's, there's positions that God gives. There's, there's pastors, there's deacons, there's positions of leadership. But anybody can take the word of God and get helped by it. Anybody can. See, the, my Bible says in 2 Peter that the, no scripture is of any private interpretation. That means Brother Jeff can read the passage, passage and God can speak to his heart. And then I can read the same passage and God can speak to my heart. And Brother, uh, 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 Brother Shank, I almost forgot your name, Brother Shank. I call you out every service, I almost forgot your name. Brother Shank can, can read the same passage and, and, and get something out of it. And we don't have to go to some, some guy in an in a upright coffin to listen to him. I don't mean to be cruel there, but you understand that that's not all that we, we, mankind has done so much outside of the Bible that we don't find in scripture and, and we're, we're, we're following men and, and other books. No, right here is the one we need. And what, what happens in verse two here is they're, they're being grieved that Peter and John are preaching and teaching people. Okay, they're preaching and they're teaching the people. They're teaching the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. And the Sadducees are going, no, 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 we don't like that. See, see, when Jesus raised from the dead, that really, that, that liberal mentality of the Sadducees that, that that's not really a thing and that that's not really true and God doesn't do that and he's not going to do that. The resurrection of Jesus Christ proved their doctrine to be false. So they're not, they're having a hard time with it. And here Peter and John are healing a lame man in the, in the name of a man who was dead. No, he's alive. Praise God. And here people are starting to believe and get saved. And, and there's this big uh, 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 thing going on. They're, they're, hop, they're shouting and hollering and they're excited about what they're preaching. Because it's the truth. When it's truth, we can get behind it. Amen. It's okay to ladies who wave a hanky or something in church. Bless God. Hallelujah. Get excited about it. All right, men's. Hallelujah. Woo. 
Right? Because it's the truth. It's the truth. But here's the problem. If somebody tells you that you just can't, you can't know all the ins and outs and it's really deep and, and all that stuff. Hogwash. That's a lie of Satan. You can get in this book and you can get deeper and more studied than the preacher and bless God, it's okay. We're all supposed to study to show ourselves approved. Because people ask us questions and we ought to be able to share it. Don't you let anybody tell you you can't know the things of God. Read the word of God that he's given us. They're, they're having trouble with that. And look at this. Look, wouldn't you know, verse 3. What happens when, when they can't win them over with their words? What happens? They get, they get violent. Look, look at verse 3. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now eventide. With laying of hands on it. Brother Kidwell, did you want me to show you what laying on hands looks like? You want to show me that? Okay. They roughed them up. They got physical with them. Probably slapping them a little bit, kicking them, cuffing them up, and, and throwing them around a little bit, taking care of it. And captain of the guard, the, probably the Sadducees and the other guys are saying, hey, take care, of our, our, take care of this. And he's just trying to be obedient or whatever, even though he had authority. He's, he's got to do his job. And he's locking them up. And they put them in prison. They put them in jail for the night. Look at verse 4. This is wonderful. How be it, many of them which heard the word believed... And the number of the, man, of the men was about 5,000. 5,000 people getting saved. God can do that. A man like Peter can't do that. A man like John can't do that. A man like John Woolard can't do that. Or any of these other fellows on the platform. Or any of the deacons. We can't do that. But Jesus Christ can. God can. Hallelujah. Certainly can. And so, as they keep going, now look at verse 5 here. And get into verse 5. It says, and it came to pass on the morrow. So this is the next day. They spent the time, their night in prison. The next day, and it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes and Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together in Jerusalem. You know what they did? They got together the best of the best when it came to the Jews. A bunch of guys here. You might have heard the term Sanhedrin. Sanhedrin is a Jewish term, and it means a group of high-ranking Jews. And usually the high priest was on there, and, and, and the chief priests, and many of the Sadducees would have been there. And the Sanhedrin was the top elite of the Jewish, and, and Jewish uh, uh, religion at this time. And they're in Jerusalem, so you know it's the best of the best. Okay? They get together, and, and oftentimes there was as many as 72 of them in the Sanhedrin. Now, the Bible doesn't say that's how many were there, but it is uh, the Sanhedrin. It has been made up of 72 people. And so here we see there's rulers, there's elders, there's scribes. There's these men, the high priests, uh, that have been, when it says Annas, he had been a high priest at a previous time. But he had a lot of authority and influence still. Caiaphas was his son-in-law, and he had been a high priest. If I'm not mistaken, it might have been Caiaphas when, when Jesus was, was questioned that it, it might have been him that was the high priest at that time. I might be mistaken there, though. John and Alexander, we don't know who they are, but it says they were of the kindred of the high priest here in verse 6. And they were gathered together. The intimidation factor, right? Intimidation factor. 
they're going to put together a bunch of guys that supposedly know the law and the Jewish way, and they're going to question these two unlearned fishermen, supposedly. Right? You see what's going on? But these men... They don't, they don't need all the teaching of the Old Testament ways and, and Jewish law and all that such. They had the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. They had the Holy Spirit of God. And you know they regretted verse 7. Here's these guys. They get together and they just open the door for Peter to start preaching again. Look what they said. Verse 7. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power? Or by what name have you done this? You can see Peter gets a big smile on his face. Hey, hey, woo! Let me tell you. Amen? I can't believe you just asked me that. Let me do that again. Did you really just ask me that? Well, let me tell you a thing or two. Look, look what he says. Look at verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel... If we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be, ye must be saved, right? We must be saved, he says. Amen? Shoo! Come on! Yeah, that's right. You can just forget about Muhammad. And you can forget about Buddha and Joseph Smith and all these other fellows. Because it's only Jesus Christ. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And it's only by Him that we come unto the Father. That's what He's preaching. He says, "Woo, Man, I can't believe you asked me that. Let me just tell you a little bit more. It's the power of... By what power? By what power? Let me tell you. It's the power that created the universe. It's the power... That, that separated the light from the darkness. It's that power that, uh, uh, that uh, uh, we can keep going, right? That parted the Red Sea. That parted the Jordan. The power that, 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 that God gave to Samson when he, when he brought that house down upon those Philistines. The power to, to send a big old massive champion of a giant that stone right on his forehead and watch him instead of falling backwards, which would have been natural, to fall forward like God just kind of pushed him over. That's the power of God. It's the power that, that those Hebrew children got thrown into that furnace that was, that was so hot. And they got in there and started walking around. Man, it's like a sauna in here. This is awesome. I'm enjoying this. And Jesus showed up. And he burned the, the ropes off of them, right? The things that had bound them. Three Hebrew children in the fire. What power? Woo! The power that raised Lazarus from the dead and raised the Lord Jesus Christ. To Him be glory. Amen. And to us be salvation and eternal life. Amen. amen and amen. By what power? By what power, He says. And then they said, by what name? Oh, the name of Jesus Christ. When Peter 
he's a preaching here. It would be something if some of us or somebody today would stand up and say, by what name? I'm talking about it would be great if somebody that has a, has a, a podium, maybe even in the political world, would stand up and say, by what name we are saved. But let me, let me have the opportunity right now in this pulpit to say, by what name? That's, my, that's the Son of God. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the Almighty. He's the Lamb of God. He's the resurrection and the life. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the Master. He's the Chief Cornerstone. He's the Holy One of Israel. He's the Good Shepherd. He's the Door. He's the Word. He's the Redeemer. He's the Everlasting Father. He's the Rose of Sharon. He's the Author and Finisher of our faith. He's the Savior. He's the faithful and true witness. He's the bread of life. He's the head of the church. He's the true vine. He's the mediator. He's the image of the invisible God. He's the son of God. He's the judge. He's the bright and morning star. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. He's the prince of peace. He's the bridegroom. He's the only begotten of the father. He's the Messiah. He's the advocate. He's the man of sorrows. He's the rock. He's the amen. He's the high priest. He's the living water. He's the beloved. He's the branch. He's the light of the world. He's the chief shepherd. He's the lion and the tribe of Judah. Amen. He's the I am that I am. He's the wonderful. He's the counselor. He's the mighty God. He's the prophet. He's the deliverer. And he is the way. He is the truth. And he's the life. That's my Jesus. Amen. That's my Jesus. Here it is. Here's the whole message. It's time that some of us grow a backbone and start proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ in this world. Amen? We let this world teach us all kinds of junk and hogwash that ain't of the scripture. And it's sin and it's awful. And yet here we are just being quiet. We're being quiet. Wouldn't it be awesome if some young people down here at Martinsburg High School would say, that's my Jesus right there. Amen? Wouldn't it be awesome if some young people in Martinsburg Christian Academy say the same thing? That's my Jesus. That's my Jesus. Maybe it'd be awesome some homeschoolers would say the same thing and, and uh, maybe some of us in the workplace would say the same thing. Why? Because this devil's real good at mocking the Lord Jesus Christ. He's real good at, at mocking the way that we live for Him and worship Him with our life. And yet, we just sit there and we're quiet about it and we let people take the Lord's name in vain. And we let people uh, uh, just smear Him all over the place and all that. And we let, we let Him cr- uh, crucify Him again in their minds. And we say nothing. Wouldn't it be something... Some men in here and some ladies in here would stand and say, no, that's the Son of God. That's the one that's been prophesied about for generations. And He came and He died on the cross. And bless God, hallelujah. He rose from the dead. And gave me victory over death because I'm saved. And my Bible says I'm saved. And I can live not with my bottom lip dragging the ground every day of the week. But I can live excited about it and sharing the gospel with other people because it's real and it's truth. They're telling you lie after lie and they're, they're, and they're getting violent about it because some people aren't buying into it. And here we are. They're sitting still. Sometimes we get 
intimidated by groups of people, don't we? Every TV network and every TV channel and every radio network and channel and, and every podcast and every other thing that was out there teaching and preaching that it's okay for this sin and that filth and that junk to be in your home. They just turn it off and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, we're not going to believe that. I'm not going to let my kids believe that. I'm going to teach them what's true. Amen? We let every school teacher and, 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 and uh, uh, whatever in college, professor, right? Teaching all this hogwash and this junk, theories of mankind. Now let me tell you about the one who you need to know about, the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not preaching this morning to get mean and cruel. Please don't reflect the world. I'm not teaching this morning that you need to be disrespectful and screaming. And, and I'm, not, I'm not asking you young people to be disrespectful to, to, to adults and all that and teachers in school. I'm not asking that. I'm saying there, that there is a time for you to preach Jesus Christ. And you don't have to be disrespectful and screaming at people and getting violent and, and, and standing up on statues and making a fool of yourself. But you can preach Jesus Christ to the world. Amen? And that's what we need to do. Well, Pastor John, I don't have a pulpit. You don't need a pulpit. You got a mouth and you got feet. And if not, we'll get you some way to do it. Man? Come on now. Not everybody can go door to door, but you can go driveway to driveway or you can use a phone. It's amazing the technology we have that we don't use. Use a phone. How can I go soul winning? How can I go door to door? How can I do that? Well, maybe try the phone. Amen? Amen. It's not a message primarily of soul winning, but it is a message that we should get, get a backbone about us and preach the Lord Jesus Christ and live the Lord Jesus Christ and quit buying into this junk and philosophy of the world that, that he's, he's nobody. Because He is somebody. He is the body. Amen. Amen? Paul said to Timothy, a timid preacher, he said, be a good soldier. Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. He told him that. He says, you, don't be timid. You preach the Word. You've got power with the Holy Spirit of God. And you preach it. And you lift up the name of Christ. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. My question to you this morning is, do you know him? Do you know him? I've been preaching about Jesus now for a good, what, 30 minutes. Do you know him? If you don't know him, if he's not your savior, you say, well, I've heard about him. You've been preaching about him. I heard all the names that you said about him. That was all out of scripture too. Do you know him personally? Is he your Savior? That's my question to you today. If he's not, if you've never had a time where you literally talked to him and said, Lord, you're Savior and I'm a sinner. And the Bible says, I deserve hell because of my sin. Yeah, it still says that. I know it's, we're in the world of political correctness and you can't say all that stuff anymore. Yes, you can because it's Bible. 
And my Bible says that we're born sinners and that our sin has only one place that it can go, and that's hell. It's judgment of God. He didn't create us that way, but while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Gave us an opportunity to choose life over death. And if you want to be saved, if you want to know Jesus as your Savior and get saved, you can today. Today you can get saved. Well, tell me how. It's as simple as understanding what you, des- what you deserve, and that's hell. And what Christ did for you to pay the price for what you deserve, He took your place. And the Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. What it means is, is you got to believe that it's truth and you got to ask Him to be saved. That's what it means. That's Romans 10.9. And in just a moment, I'm going to have an invitation. And what that means is, I'm going to invite you. I'm going to have some men down here with Bibles. I'm going to have some ladies down here with Bibles. And uh, a lady will take a lady. A man will take a man. And can show you exactly what I'm saying, where it's at in in the Bible. And you can receive Christ as your Savior. And I'm going to invite you, if you're not saved, and you don't know for sure about all that, would you come? In just a moment, I'll invite you. Now here it is. If you know Him today, if He's your Savior... If he's your savior, do you stand for him? Think about that. Do you stand for him? Do you defend the Lord Jesus Christ? It is not by coincidence. It is not by accident that there is persecution in the world. Just this week, a missionary was martyred for the name of Jesus Christ. Just this week in our world. We talked about it Wednesday night. We prayed for his family. And uh, he's a wife and, and, and small babies on the way back home right now. And this man was martyred for Jesus Christ this week. Once again, because of internet, I'm not saying names and locations. I'm telling you that it's real. The devil is attacking and is, is fighting hard where the truth is being preached. You don't see people in the world, you don't see all the attacks and all the, all the persecution happening to, uh, to Islam, do you? No, because that's not the truth. The devil fights hard against the truth. You don't see all the attacks. You don't see him trying to uh, take the Quran out of every place. And you don't see him trying to take the name of Muhammad out of every place. And you don't see him trying to take Buddha out of every place or, or Mother Nature out of every place, do you? You don't. You see him trying to attack the name of Jesus Christ. You, try, you see him trying to take the Word of God out of every place they can. Why? Because the devil knows his time is short. And he's fighting hard where... He needs to be fighting. You look at the days of Jesus Christ. Read the Gospels again. Why was there so much demon possession and spiritual warfare going on in Jesus' day? Because Jesus was there. And the devil was fighting where he needed to be fighting. He's on the front lines trying to knock somebody out before they get saved. You wonder why persecution might come through this church? If if we're we're on okay waters right now, just be ready. It'll come. It'll come. 
Why? Because we're preaching the truth and the devil is real. Know your adversary. Know who he is. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to get you to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ and be willing to stand. Amen? Amen. Be willing to stand when the devil and the world's trying to get you to get off track, get into sin, and go the way of the world instead of holding true to what's holy and what's right. He wants to do that, young people. He's trying to tell you right now. He's trying to dangle some things in front of your face. Man, this is so much cooler. This is so much greater. Man, look at this. Woo! Look at this. You want this. You don't want that geek, dork way of of Christianity and church going and all that. And they'll call you names. And they'll call Jesus Christ names. And they'll call you stuff like Jesus freak and Bible thumpers and all that. Well, bless God. Hallelujah. He's my savior. You can call me whatever you want to call me. And I'm going to keep doing it because I'm not going to let somebody with a mouth knock me out of this thing. Moms and dads, you too. Grandma and grandpas, you too. In the workplace when filth is going on. Stand for what's right. I serve Jesus and he says no to that. But instead, we cower to the world, don't we? We cower. Don't call me out. We slip out so quietly and we cower to the world. Or we just sit there and listen to it. Be a good soldier. Endure hardness as a good soldier. That's what he asked. Paul asked Timothy to do that. You're a young man and you're a little bit timid. That's what he told him. Stand up, because you have the truth. You have a reason to preach, and you have a reason to live for him. So do it. Don't let this world knock you out. Don't let the devil pick you off. Stand for Jesus. Lord, help us this morning, please. Thank you for this, this thought. Lord, thank you for being the one we can preach about and the one we can stand for. And Lord, we can have courage and strength and power in the name of Jesus Christ with the power of the Holy Spirit of Christ that that lifts his name on high. Lord, I thank you for that. I pray, God, that we, whether we be senior saint in here, whether we be uh, just, uh, we call, might call ourselves middle age, or whether we be a young adult, and Lord, whether we be a teenager or even younger than that, God, I pray this morning that we'd make a determination to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray, just like we honored our veterans for people that are standing for to, to, to defend our freedoms. And Lord, they defended things like preaching from the Bible because it's freedom. Lord, it may be that we'd have a, uh, in years to come and we still we have right now, Lord, so many Christian veterans of age that have fought the hard fights and have kept the faith even into their olden years, Lord, and, and we honor them this morning for that. God, I pray there's one here that's not saved That they'd come get saved because it's only by the name of Jesus Christ. Neither is there salvation in any other, Peter said. There's no other way. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to respond accordingly. May somebody understand they need to get saved. They come and get saved today. Lord, may somebody today 
Say, I need to do better about standing for Jesus Christ. I need to, I need to think about my backbone a little bit and quit cowering to the world and stand for what's right and what's true. Lord, I'm sure, so it's so difficult that, that young lady that, that lost her husband this week in the world that was martyred in the name of Christ. Lord, it's difficult to be without him. But God, what, how, what, what great strength there is in that, Lord. I, I don't mean to make her feelings be lightly here, but Lord, she can teach her children that your daddy preached the Lord Jesus Christ all the way to the end. And he stood for a reason, a cause, the name of Jesus Christ. And what reward God will give him in heaven for it. Lord, as we lift up veterans today for our country's sake, may we lift up Christian veterans today. People that are standing for what's right. And have and fought those hard fights. Help us now at invitation time, Lord, to respond accordingly. Do your perfect work, I ask, please. Heads are bowed.